Hey. Hello, everybody. You guys ready for a great day today or what? Come on, church. Are you ready? I hope your heart is already filled with anticipation. I know mine is. Each and every week we have the opportunity to gather, whether we're in homes and neighborhoods or at the campus level, and we get the chance to have our hearts reoriented again around the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're with us for the first time, no matter where you are in the world, I want you to know we love you already, and if you are looking for a perfect church, you did not find it. We are as jacked up as the next person, but we are in desperate need for God's grace and God's love, and we try to love people as best we possibly can, serve as best we possibly can, and live our lives with as much purpose and vision and hope as we can. So if you are interested in growing and developing developing and becoming who God has called you to be, I'm telling you, you're in the right spot, okay? And God brought you to this moment on purpose. And it's not just going to be another Sunday, but it's going to be, or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you're watching, this is going to be a day of breakthrough in all of our lives. So I want you, church family, I really, really want you to keep on leaning in. I want you to keep your eyes wide open. I want you to keep your hearts wide open too, because God has something he wants to do in you. Is that all right? You guys believe me? You guys believe me? I hope you do. I hope you do. We, uh, we started in, in uh, what was it, in January of this year, we shared a, a word that we had for the rest of the year, a, a focus, if you will, a word that God, we felt, gave us for Shoreline City and for all the people that are a part of this church family. Some of you who were with us on that day will remember this word. And do you remember? Does anybody remember? Anybody remember? Increase, that's exactly right. Increase was that word. You can go ahead and put it in the chat as well. Increase, it came from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 6. The writer says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered the seed, but God gave, God made it grow. God gave the increase. And we're, we're sensing and feeling on our hearts that this is what God is speaking and wants to do in every single one of our lives. So I don't know what's dormant in your life, and I don't know what prayers you have been praying for quite some time. I don't know what, what weights are on your shoulders, but what I do know is God this year is bringing increase into your life. This year, God is trying to expand your territory. More surrender, more love, more wisdom, more discernment, an increase in favor, an increase in understanding, an increase in ingenuity and creativity, an increase in all the different areas of your life that God wants to use to magnify His glory in the world. Your life is not an accident. It is on purpose. But, but if this is true, that if we plant and somebody else can water and God gives the increase, wouldn't it be smart to put the right seed in the ground? Wouldn't it be smart to make sure we're planting the right thing so then the right thing is watered so we get the increase on the thing that we'd like to get an increase on? Dare I say some of us are getting increases on things that we wish we would have never planted. We are planting and watering things that we're like, God, don't give me the increase on this. I just want to enjoy this. 
And I think what God is wanting to do is, is shake us up and wake us up and wrap his arms of love and grace around us and remind us who we actually are. So, so today, today, uh, my, my thought for the, for the day is titled this, Circus Church. Circus Church. Have you, um, have you ever been to the circus? Ever been? Any, any, anybody ever been to the, to the circus? Ringling, Ringley Brothers and Barlam, Barnum and Bailey Circus? Well, back in the day, um, a couple of years ago, that, that movie, The Greatest Showman, you know, came out. Remember that movie, The Greatest Showman? Kind of gave you a back, behind the scenes look at the circus. And uh, I, I remember going to the circus uh, as a kid. I, I remember us bringing our kids uh, to the circus. And circuses, they, they're fun. They're fun. I mean, when you, go, when you go to the circus, you go to be entertained, right? We go, we sit there, and you get your face painted, and there are clowns there, which if you're a clown, God bless you. But how are they so scary? How, how did that happen? Something that's supposed to be so joyful, so kind, and you see kids run in terror over and over. Some of you, when I say the word clown right now, you're about to tune off. You're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're shaking right now. A little bit of sweat filling your armpits because you cannot stand clowns. But, but at a circus, there are clowns everywhere. There are massive elephants. There are uh, individuals uh, ro riding motorcycles in that steel cage and not hitting each other. There's uh, a tamer on the inside of the cage with lions, and he's got his whip, and he's got his stool, or she's got her whip, or she's got her stool, and, and you've got the ringmaster. You've got all of these different elements going on, people on the trapeze, and they're jumping, and they're flipping, and they're swinging, and you and I are going, ooh, ah, and we're applauding, and we're applauding, and we're applauding. Well, that's awesome at the circus. The problem is the scriptures and Jesus does not teach that this world is a circus. The scriptures teach that the world is actually a combat zone. But if you think the scriptures teach circus, but you're actually in a combat zone, no wonder we continually be, we're confused and disappointed at what comes our way because at a circus, I do not sign up to be hurt. I sign up to be entertained. And I just wonder, I wonder if many of us, when we gave our hearts to Jesus, we signed up for circus, but in actuality, it's supposed to be a combat zone. So I'm talking about us planting and watering the right thing. So we get the increase that we're looking for. Because if, if again, we plant and we water the wrong thing, we'll get the increase on something we're not wanting. 
Can I talk to our teenagers uh, for a second? We got a bunch of teenagers and the teenagers. Let me hear from you for a quick second. Teenagers, all right. We love our teenagers, teenagers online as well. Can I just say, can I just say, if we keep telling, if we keep telling our teenagers or we keep trying to teach them or trying to entertain our teenagers, that we will be sowing seeds into them and watering seeds that will not produce the type of increase that we're needing in this world that we live in. We'll be producing an increase that when kids go off to, to college, they lose their faith because their faith doesn't actually work in the real world because in college, nobody's trying to entertain you. In college, it is actually a combat zone. You got individuals pulling you every which direction. So, so teenagers, I wanna apologize for any time around the world that we did any disservice for you and we made you think that we needed you to feel really, really good about just coming to church. No, my friends, we want you to be really, feel really, really good about the cross of Jesus Christ and what he did for you because when you get a revelation of that, it keeps you. The increase I think that we're getting, that we're seeing in a lot of our lives, I'm not just talking about your life, I'm talking about my life as well because we are into self-care and self-fees and taking care of ourselves. And I'm all for self-care. I'm all for making sure your toes are done. Some of y'all need it. Stop wearing flip-flops, Okay. You have no permission to wear flip-flops with your toes looking like that. <laughs> the devil is a liar. I, uh, I, I, I want you to take care of yourself. I want you to rest. I want you to do the things that you need to do to stay healthy and strong. Please, by all means, do that. You only have one body. You might as well make sure this body is as healthy as it can be because that's the only thing God can use to flow through to make it on earth as it is in heaven. So make sure your body is healthy and strong, but please make sure as we are getting our bodies healthy and strong, it is not so that we can go sit in the stands and be fans at a circus. It is so that that we can be equipped and empowered to be soldiers on a battlefield. So I ask you, like I asked myself, did I, did I sign up to be a circus fan or did I sign up to be a soldier? I'm not asking do you think you're, if you're a good person or not, because, I mean, if you're watching this or with us today, you have an element of wanting to do the right thing. So proud of you for that. The, the issue is we can then compare ourselves to other individuals and think, hey, I'm fine because I'm better than them. <laughs> but we don't want to be the ones that compare ourselves to others. What we're wanting to do is say, God, can you maximize the purpose and the potential that you put on the inside of me? If you have the ability to score 35 points a game, but you're only scoring 10, and you're looking at other people and you're saying, well, they're only scoring five. Well, yeah, you're scoring more than them, but you're actually not reaching your potential. So the question is not, are we better than someone else? Or are we doing more than someone else? The question is, God, am I gonna die empty? 
Am, am, I, am I walking and living the way you call me to walk and live? Am I praying? Am I serving? Am I giving? Am I believing? Am I taking the steps of faith that you're asking me to take? Or God, am I living a life like a circus fan where I'm in the stands and I'm just trying to applaud and critique and point fingers and it doesn't really cost me all that much? See, at a circus, when we go to the circus, right, we go there and everything we do is like voluntary. I paid my ticket, so I'm expecting a good show. I paid my ticket, so if I, if I buy something, it's because I want to buy it, not because I have to buy it. If, if, I'm, if I'm there at a circus, I don't go get in the cage with the lions. Somebody else does that. At a circus, if, if you're at a circus and a lion attacks who's ever in the cage with them, they end the program. You know that, right? <laughs> it's not like, yay! No, no, people don't cheer for that. It's like, oh my gosh, that video will go viral. It will be terrible. It will be uh, disheartening. It'll be disappointing. There'll be press releases about, oh my goodness, this accident happened there uh, at the circus. Uh, we are now reevaluating all of our procedures. Uh, we're going to make sure this never happens again. So we're going to put our ringmasters in a glass cage when they're in the cage with the lines to make sure, you know, there, there would be all these crossing of the T's and dotting of the I's to make sure nothing like that ever happened again because at the circus, no one's supposed to get hurt and no one gets killed. But a combat soldier signs up with a different mindset. A combat soldier, when he or she signs up, understands people will be hurt and people will be killed. So the program doesn't stop because someone got hurt or someone got killed. We honor, we cry, and we keep marching on. Our oldest son, Parker, he goes to a, a Catholic high school and so he's got theology class at, 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 in his school. And he had to do a, a report uh, just this past week on some of the apostles. And uh, the kids at the school are, are you know, they're, they're normal teenagers uh, for sure. So this is not a school where everyone's like, I love Jesus. No, that's not that place at all. It's like, take some Jesus, you know, is what they're trying to give you in theology class. <laughs> Which never really works, but at least it's something. So he's uh, taking this theology class and they have to uh, look at the old apostles and do some some study, some, uh, a study on one of the apostles. And, and he and his classmate, uh, classmate, I can't remember which apostle they picked, but he, we were sitting down the other day. He goes, Dad, I got a 96 on my uh, theology. I'm like, oh, okay, well done, son. Great, great job. Uh, he goes, but I was, I was looking up and reading about all the apostles and said, this one died by being beheaded. This one died by being stoned. This one died by being boiled in oil. This one died by being crucified on an X. This one died by being thrown to lions. This one died, and he was going down the line. He was like. I'm like, yeah, yeah. This is not what we signed up for. Imagine that, it's like, hey. Who wants to be a follower of Jesus Christ? 
Give your heart and your life over to him. Follow him all the days of your life. It will cost you everything. Your life is no longer your own. What he did for you on the cross is, is good, it is final, it is finished. Now you're going to live your life in response to his glory and his life, and it's no longer about your happiness, but it's about his glory. I'm here for the husband. <laughs> okay, I'm here. I don't know what you're talking about, okay? I did my toes. I'm here for the husband. <laughs> if, if you and I are, are combat soldiers, you just have a different mindset. As a combat soldier, it's not someone else on the field. I'm on the field. It's not someone else in the battle. I'm in the battle. And I'm just saying, we as a church family, Shoreline City, we're just going to be the type of people. We don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be all in just yet. You might be like, oh, my gosh. I, I just went to Sunday school as a kid. I didn't know I was giving my whole. Yeah, you're giving your whole life. And if you're, you're still trying to figure all this out, that is A-OK. -okay. But I just want to make sure that we get the increase on the thing we want to increase on. We don't want to increase on a lukewarm, selfish-driven, a flesh-driven, self-oriented kind of faith. We want to make sure we're getting an increase on biblical Christ-centered faith. So, so, so with, that, uh, with that being said here, I, I want us to I want to take a look at, at something. If we're in a battle, who are we fighting? Because this is important. This is important. Because some of us think we're fighting another political party. That's what we think. I'm a Christian. Now I'm fighting. Mm. You don't see that in here. That's not, it's not in here. It's not in here. It's not in here. You're like, well, yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. I looked. I looked. So, so go with me to Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I think I'm starting in verse number 11. Is that right? Put on, put on the full armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. To stand. To stand. To stand. So he tells us here who we're fighting. I'm not fighting you. Okay? You're not my enemy. But there are 
some spiritual forces of evil that are trying to mess with, deter, and destroy your life, your purpose, your future, this world, young people, old people, married people, single people. And if you and I keep being surprised that all these attacks are happening, I, keep, I think we're not understanding what we signed up for. So the enemy's not interested in your marriage flourishing. Come on, let me talk for just a second. Come on, let me talk to married people, okay? Because you think your spouse is the devil. I didn't sign, I didn't marry you. What in the world? Pouring anointing oil on them when they're sleeping at night. <laughs> Getting a weird prayer cloth from some guy on TV. <laughs> Hope this works. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, listen, listen, listen. The enemy is not interested in your marriage flourishing. He's not interested in your marriage flourishing. He's not interested in your marriage flourishing. And you know what? Sometimes I find that couples are able to get through some difficulties when they understand that the other person's not the enemy, when they understand there's an enemy fighting against them, so then they can link arms and fight against that enemy. So this is where love and mercy and kindness and these things that we think are weak, they're not weak, they're weapons. Forgiveness is a weapon and you and I think, oh, this can't do anything. No, it's a weapon, I'm telling you. It's a weapon. This is the type of thing that all the time strikes a blow to the enemy. And when you and I are walking in the grace of Almighty God and are filled with the Spirit of God and are able to see things the way they're supposed to be seen, we can step into a situation and go, oh, I know exactly what's going on here. I'm not making this about me. I'm making this about his kingdom. So what do I need to do to serve, forgive, love, bless? Gratitude is a weapon. It's a weapon. Complaining is a tool of the enemy. No wonder you hate your roommates. You complain about them all the time. I dare you, start walking into that apartment. Start walking into that house saying, God, thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you that when I turned on the water, it worked. Thank you so much for these dishes that were left in the sink and I can't stand that my roommate keeps doing this, but I'm so thankful that we had food and I got a dishwasher to put it in. I dare you just begin to change your language a little bit. It will change your perspective. It can can change the atmosphere of your house. You and I are in a battle for sure. He says here, he writes, you have to put on the full armor of God. You ever want to do a great study? Do Priscilla Shire's study on the full armor of God. It's a great, great study. Go ahead. You need to put on the full armor of God. There is no need for armor if there's no opposition. You don't need armor at the beach. At the beach. Man, I'm thinking about the beach right now. At the beach. Whew. I'm going to the beach to chill. My wife just got me some new sunglasses, too, for, uh, for Valentine's Day. I can't. They look a little weird, but I'm going to wear them. She says they look fresh. So I, I got, my new, got my new sunglasses. 
I can't wait to be at a beach. I'm not talking about a beach in like Galveston Beach either, okay? <laughs> We're gonna talk about sin and the fall in just a little bit, and Galveston is a result of the sin and fall. Let me just tell you that right now. It is, it is, okay? All right? The people are wonderful, people are wonderful. That beach, oh no, that's not, I'm not going there. Somebody tricked my wife and I. Let me tell you a whole real story. Somebody tricked my wife and I. Our 10-year wedding anniversary. Honey, am I, t- am I telling the truth? Our 10-year wedding anniversary. They were like, oh, there's this place down there. Can I say the name? I don't know what it's like now. But 13 years ago, we've been here 13 years now. 13 years ago, it was called Moody Gardens. Y'all, we renamed it Booty Gardens. We went down there, that place was booty. It was terrible. It was, it was terrible. Nobody to bring you any drinks when you're there. You know, got the, never mind. I, 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 let's get back to the Bible here, all right? Let me break this down a little bit more for us, okay? Let me break this down a little bit more. Some of you all taking notes. I'm proud of you, taking notes. Okay, I want you to know this. God made the world good. God made the world good. This is very, very important. This is very, people try to distort this in our culture. God made the world good. Everybody say good. Good. Come on, say good. Good. That's right. He made the world good. You can type it in the chat. Good. He made it good. God made the world good. And there's a whole bunch of things in our world that aren't good. Whole bunch of things that are not, they're not good. Suicide, not good. Discrimination, not good. Eating disorders, not good. Pornography, not good. Human trafficking, not good. Cancer, not good. COVID, not good. Dallas Cowboys. Wait, wait, wait. This is our year though, this is our year. Our year, though. I just tell you, those of you watching around the world right now, Google Dallas Cowboys. You better get on the bandwagon right now. <laughs> so many things, not good. But when God made the world, He made it good. How did God make it good and then end up not good? It's because in the beginning, humanity said, "We don't want your way, God. We want our way." We don't want to follow your path. We want our own path. No God will tell us what to do. We will decide on our own terms what life is and what life looks like. That's what happened in the beginning. And once that happened, a bomb went off. A bomb went off and we are in the aftermath of that bomb to this day. You ever see the Netflix documentary, uh, uh, it's not really a documentary, a miniseries, Ch- Chernobyl. It, it talks about this nuclear power plant that exploded, uh, man, it's almost 40 years ago now. And what happened to that nuclear power plant, people are still feeling the, the impact and the effects of that to this day. Cancers and suppressed immune systems. 
Issue after issue, people are still dealing with it today. One explosion happens and some 40 years later, people are still dealing with it. This is what happened in the garden. God made everything good. Humanity said, I don't want your way, God. I want my own way. A bomb goes off and you and I are living right now in the aftermath of that decision. That's when sin entered the world. That's when sickness entered the world. That's when brokenness entered the world. This is why we pray, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because anytime it's sickness, that's not the way God designed it to be in the first place. So when you are walking around with any ailment, we pray in faith, believing that God can heal you because that's what God designed at the very start. And if you don't get the healing on this side of heaven, we know for every follower of Jesus, you get the healing on the other side of heaven. So we, are, we win no matter what. But that's what happened in the garden. So now you got this broken world and people will say to you, if God's so good, then why is the world like this? And you can tell them, God made the world good. And he gave humans the choice, and we decided to go our own way. But then, God got on the field. You tell him, of the God we serve was not disconnected, living up in heaven, far away from everyone. No, our God, he got on the field. See, this is the difference with Christianity. We have a savior did not, that did not live disconnected from the pain. Instead, he decided to enter into the pain. This is why Christmas is so powerful. It's Emmanuel, God with us. God put skin on and came and onto the field and he got on a cross and he breathed the contamination of sin that all of humanity was dealing with. And he said, I'm gonna take the sin and the shame and I'm gonna put it on myself and I'm gonna make everyone right with God now, whosoever believes can now come to faith in God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This, my friends, is what we signed up for. Jesus, just one name, changes everything. Jesus. So I'm, I'm, again, we're believing God for increase, right? We're believing God for increase. But I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure we're planting and we're watering the right thing so we get the increase on the right thing. So I don't want to plant in us a version of Christianity that is inconsistent with the scriptures. I want us, we don't have to have it all together right now. I know I don't. But I want us to at least fight and struggle and wrestle with, God, what are you actually calling me to? Because I don't want to just exist. I want to live my life for your glory. So increase, I, I, I believe it's on you. I, I, I do, I do. I, I see it. I've been praying for it. 
I've been praying for that for your businesses. I've been praying that for your spiritual life. I've been praying that there's going to be breakthroughs in every area of your life. If you're going through counseling right now, I'm believing you're going to see so many breakthroughs. If you're, if you're struggling in your relationships, I'm believing there's going to be increase in the name of Jesus Christ. Those of you who haven't had a job for quite some time, I'm believing for increase to be all over you. Those of you who've been praying prayers maybe for years, there's been some generational struggles that you've seen in your family, and you're praying that alcohol would end and drug addiction would end and divorce would end in your family. I'm telling you, I'm believing God for increase in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm believing that he is going to take us from glory to glory, that he's going to keep on pushing you forward in your walk with him. And as he does this, I just want to make sure we got a clear picture. So, so I felt challenged with this. I, I, I want to challenge our whole church family. I want, I want you to jump on our whole church family, I want you to jump on a month-long journey with me. I want you to jump on a month-long journey. Um, these messages now get to live on forever. You know, so many things are online and be on our YouTube, so people can be watching this really at any particular time. But, but right now, it is 2021, the end of February, and March is on the horizon. This is a season for a lot of Christians around the world that they would call Lent. It's a time where we remember as we prepare our hearts for not just the death of Jesus, but the resurrection of Jesus. That's about to, we're about to celebrate it on Easter. Cannot wait for that. But for this month of March, I thought, I felt on my heart wanting to plant and water the right things. How God dropped it in for me, and I'm gonna share it with you, is I want us to lock in and let go to gain the increase. I want us to lock in and let go to gain the increase. I got a scripture to go to go with it though. It's gotta come from the Bible. Gotta come. I don't want this to be, be a thought for me. Philippians chapter three, verses 12 and 13. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already or have already arrived at my goal but I press on to take hold. I press on to, to take hold. That's the lock-in. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I gotta let go. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward. What is ahead? I want to lock in and let go. And then he goes on to say, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want to lock in and I want to let go. So for this month of March, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, single people, married people, teenagers, older folks, younger folks, for this month of March, lock in, let go. So I'm going to do a couple things. One is I want you to read Throughout this month of March, two books of the Bible, the book of Nehemiah and the Gospel of Mark. The book of Nehemiah and the Gospel of Mark. Now, the cool thing is, I didn't realize this when these two books popped into my head, Nehemiah is 13 chapters and Mark is 16 chapters. That's 29. Hey, that's about how many days are in March. And it gives a little fudge room for those of us who we know we're not going to finish this. But I want us to lock in and let go. For me personally, I felt God asking me to lock in on a couple of things. 
So I'm gonna share, I'm gonna share my lock-ins, I'm gonna share my let-goes with you, okay? My lock-ins for this month, because it can't be 38 things. 38 things you don't do. My lock-in has to do with prayer and working out. Those are my two lock-ins. I felt for me, this is gonna, this is gonna help me move the direction that God is wanting me to go. Prayer and working out. So I got a little schedule in my head that I feel God has given me for this month that I'm gonna try to follow. Now, for you, you might need to lock in on something else. Do it. Now let go, I got some let go stuff I'm gonna do too. One of them is gonna be sugar, dang. Let go of sugar, just for this month, I promise you in April, it's coming back. <laughs> sugar, but also, more importantly, is insecurity. This month, anytime I'm having a conversation and I find myself dumbing myself down or not believing that God can do what he says he can do or not speaking words of faith, I'm letting it go. At least for this month. And I'm praying, I'm praying that this would help me to plant water so I get the increase in my life that I believe God wants me to have so I look more like Jesus and reflect more of his glory. So I, I would encourage you today, after you log off, whether you're in Nashville or Austin, whether you're in Chicago, wherever you might be, I want you to take some time to go, God, what do you want me to lock in and let go so I can gain the increase that you have for me? God's dream for your life is more than you could ever even possibly imagine. He has more for you, more to do in you and through you than you could ever possibly imagine. I cannot promise you'll not be hurt. You already discovered that. That's part of being a follower of Jesus. But I can promise you your life will count. Not for your glory and not for my glory, but for the fame and the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. No matter where you are, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Bow your heads for just a moment. If you're online right now, you can bow your head. If you're in the room, you can bow your head. If you're driving, you can't. <laughs> Keep your head up. But as you think about your life right now, as you think about your relationship with God, what is it that you've been battling, you've been fighting internally, mentally, emotionally? I do not offer a quick fix for you, but I do have available and you have access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And a community that is interested in walking with you as you are shaped and molded into the man or woman of God that you've, you're destined to be. Perfection will mess you up. <laughs> if you keep trying to get everything right in every moment, I promise you, you won't last. But if you and I can fight to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus 
and as a community of faith, encourage each other to keep on walking through even the hard times. I'm telling you, there's strength and new life in that and on the other side of it. But if you're under the sound of my voice, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him first. You've never made him number one. You've never made Jesus the ruler of your life, but you're, you're, you're hearing this message today. You're, you're hearing this thought around Circus Church. You're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to be on my own path. I, I want to be on his path. I want to sign up to say, Jesus, you can have all of me. Maybe at one point in time you prayed that prayer or, or, or maybe, maybe you've never prayed it and today you're ready to give your heart and your life to Christ for the first time. I'm going to ask you on the count of three to do something simple. It is bold, but it's simple. And I just want you to respond to God's grace by throwing your hand in the air and saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Whether you're in this room or you're online right now, this is your moment of salvation, your moment of transformation, your moment for a brand new start. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. we got friends all over right now saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. Man, this is awesome. This is awesome. I want to ask everyone to put your hand over your heart. Every single person. If you're under the sound of my voice, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes, but today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we lift our heads and clap our hands with enthusiasm?